in the game, I think for the first time for Philadelphia, but they give to McCoy. Big hole, and the move! McCoy, through the snow, touchdown! A 40-yard jump for McCoy! Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. These are just emotions, coming through the motions, to make it seem like I'm the only one. This is my moment to break free, to a lot to tour and throw the king from whatever is holding me. Eagles fans, it is week three. The Eagles are heading back home after a tough Sunday night football loss to the Atlanta Falcons, but that means we're back home at the link to take on the Detroit Lions. It's week three. Eagles enemies is back right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia, and I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, the Lions coming into uh, Philadelphia undefeated 1-0-1. What's kind of been the uh, the vibe around this Detroit Lions team and how Matt Patricia has been able to get uh, this team going uh, through the first two games? Yeah, I mean, look, on the one hand, they're they're undefeated, right? They haven't lost, but I don't think they've they've played particularly well in, in either of their two games. They had a really good second quarter, week one against the Cardinals, but you know, blew an eighteen point fourth quarter lead against a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. So. Uh, people came away from that tie sort of feeling like it was a loss, you know, a missed opportunity. And then last week against a, a beat-up Chargers team missing six starters, the Lions, um, you know, they needed a late rally to win, and really they, they sort of lucked into that. I mean, the Chargers, they had two touchdowns taken off the board by penalty. They missed two field goals. You know, their kicker was out, so they had their punter kicking. They fumbled on the goal line. So um, I think Lions fans feel lucky that their team right now is 1-0-1. And, you know, the Eagles coming out of Sunday Night Football with the most injuries I've ever seen go down in one game. Uh, how much of a benefit is this for the Detroit defense, knowing that Alshon Jeffrey's not going to play, Deshaun Jackson's not going to play, and a bunch of the guys got banged up, including, you know, Jason Peters and Carson Wentz had to leave the game as well? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, the Lions say, you know, they've said all week, hey, we're, we're practicing like we're going to face the, the full complement of Eagles players, but... You know they know they know they know it's not a completely healthy team, and you know that's really the only reason why I give the Lions a chance in this game. I mean, had had the Eagles been completely healthy, I, I think it would be a, an extremely tough game for the Lions to win. Um, still not going to be easy, obviously, but yeah, when you don't have your top two receivers and you know you have some other injury questions elsewhere, uh, you know that sort of levels the playing field for a Lions team that, uh, like I said, has, has struggled to get its footing here in the early going. And obviously, Matt Patricia was with the Patriots in 2017. Uh, is it a little bit of a bonus for him knowing that he's coached against you know most of these Eagles players in that Super Bowl and had to extensively game plan for them uh, coming into this one? Seven starters, I think, offensive starters from that game are still on the roster now. Not all of them in starting roles, but you know, including Elshon, who's not going to play. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, Patricia knows the personnel well. He knows the team well. Certainly, he knows some of the coaching staff well. I mean, he, you know, hails from the same tree as Jim Schwartz. Uh, you know, I guess so. Um, yeah, but look, I mean, you know, you know how it is in the NFL that 
they would they would have a pretty thick book on on this team and this offense, regardless of who was there, regardless of, of that past history. Uh, I do think, though, um, you know, maybe he's he's a little more attentive to some of the the things that Doug Peterson does as coach, or some of the the, the gambles, I guess, that he's willing to take. And then uh, this week, obviously, C.J. Anderson was released by the Lions. Uh, was there any explanation into you know the reasoning why he was let go, and then uh, you know this coaching staff putting a lot of faith in Ty Johnson moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that it nobody not that anybody expected it to happen on Tuesday, but it's not a move that made a huge ripple over here in Detroit. I mean, C.J. was you know he was sort of the, the number three running back. Yes, he was a vet, and yes, they brought him in this off season to to you know do some short yardage work and goal line work and be the, the the third down back but you know week two last week he lost his third down role carry on johnson took that over so um you know the lions are pretty content with with what they have in their their top two running backs you know they're very high on carry on johnson and i think the you know the thought being hey you know it's it's wasted carries or wasted touches if we're not getting the ball to some of our more dynamic playmakers in that backfield and cj was number four when it comes to the uh the dynamic you know ability of those those running backs so um you know they just they thought paul perkins offered a little bit more on special teams and in some of those those other areas i guess is the number four running back and they they felt they needed that on their roster was there a lot of uh you know, nerves kind of going around because obviously the Lions uh, way back when drafted Eric Ebron in the first round. They take TJ Hawkinson. Was there a little bit of, you know, a little bit of nervousness when it came to drafting a, a tight end that high uh, to come into play for this offense, knowing how Eric Ebron's Detroit career went? Well, from fans, yes. From the, the organization in the front office, no. I mean, I think, you know, Bob Quinn made the point several times, a general manager here in Detroit, that, you know, he wasn't the guy who drafted Eric Ebron and, and, a and B, they they needed to do something about that tight end room. I mean, they had, you know, arguably the worst tight end room in the NFL last season, and they went out completely revamped it. You know, T.J. Hawkinson obviously had a huge first day, a huge opening game, record-setting performance. Didn't do much in week two, um, but yeah, no, the Lions are pretty comfortable with their evaluation of Hawkinson and that he's going to be a really good, uh, well-rounded player for a long time. And you know, uh, you put an article out today talking about uh, Jim Schwartz and Matthew Stafford's kind of connection. Schwartz, obviously, was the head coach when Matthew Stafford was drafted by the Lions. Um, you know, how big was that, you know, relationship between Schwartz and Matthew Stafford, and uh, how much did it kind of play a part in Stafford's early development? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I never thought they were extremely close, but, I, I, you know, Stafford said they still keep in contact to this day. So, I mean, it wasn't like they were – uh, combative while, while Jim Schwartz was here, but it was just that it was, you know, Scott Linehan ran the offense, and I, I think there was, you know, we, we always sort of, you know, you knew that Matthew and Scott Linehan had a, a fairly tight relationship, and you always sort of just thought of that as the offense is Linehan's baby, and Schwartz was handling the defense, and, you know, his, his last season here, Schwartz was essentially the defensive coordinator and calling plays, so, um, but no, I mean, look, there's there's no doubt that uh, 2009, those two came in together. Lions were coming off an 0-16 season, and uh, you know they had the vision of, of resurrecting this this franchise together. And it never happened in Detroit. You know they made the playoffs one time, and you know Schwartz was fired after the the 2013 season. But you know I think there's there's certainly a bond there when you when you come in and you see you see something at its at its lowest, and you try to to resurrect that thing together. And, you know. 
Matthew Stafford's been one of the more consistent quarterbacks in this league since he came in. Uh, and now he's finally got, you know, a plethora of playmakers around him with on Johnson, Kenny Galladay, and they bring in TJ Hawkinson this year. Marvin Jones still doing his thing. Uh, how important is it for this team to, you know, have a, a really solid first half of the season and just roll it through completely this year to uh, solidify, like, what they're able to do moving forward in a division that is tough with the Vikings and the Packers and uh, the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think crucial these next three weeks. You know, the Eagles obviously on Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs coming to Detroit next week, and then the Lions have a bye, and then they they visit Lambeau Field, Green Bay Packers on Monday night. So, you know, probably three of the probably the three best quarterbacks on their schedule. Um, you know, and and three obviously pretty good teams. So I think the Lions will have a pretty good idea of where they stand in the uh, the NFC pecking order after you know that little stretch. And and look, there's there's some winnable games later on on the schedule. Obviously, they won't they haven't played any division games yet. They'll only have played one by that point. So there's a lot of ground that they can make up or, or lose if they you know happen to to you know win a couple of these next games coming up. But I do think that this is sort of a you know, the, the start of a, a little three-week litmus test for the Lions and, and where they stand, uh, you know, this fall. And, you know, the last time the Lions and Eagles matched up was Carson Wentz's rookie year. Uh, having seen, you know, him develop, have his 2017 season he did, that was unfortunately cut short by injury. And then last year, just plaguing through a multitude of injuries. Uh, what? How do you feel this Lions defense is going to approach what he's able to do with the ball and how he can uh, be mobile outside of the pocket? Yeah, you know, I mean, they they obviously faced a really mobile quarterback in week one and Kyler Murray and, and got a little bit of pressure on him early and then spent some time spying him. They didn't want him to get out. And then last week, you know, Phillip Rivers, I mean, that's you know one of the most immobile quarterbacks in the NFL, at least when it comes to running. So uh, completely different ends of the spectrum there. Uh, Wentz, no, you know, no Kyler Murray, but obviously a pretty athletic guy. So I think the Lions will be in tune with that. And look, they they should get Jared Davis back this week, their middle linebacker who hasn't played the last two weeks. Uh, you know, that's a guy that look he closes fast. I mean, he had six sacks last year, and a lot of them came when he was spying quarterbacks and just chasing them down in the backfield. So um, I would expect that Davis would would play a big factor in in containing Wentz's mobility. You know, the Lions they they know what what Zach Ertz is at tight end. Uh, we'll see what other you know weapons I guess the the Eagles have if any or how they want to attack but yeah I think the uh, I think the Lions they always want to stop the run first but certainly it's a, a case of where they, they they know what Carson Wentz is and they know what he means to this offense so they don't want him to, to beat this team and with this Lions defense uh, when you talk about stopping the run how uh, how nice is it for them knowing that uh, Jordan Howard is one of the running backs and they've had a few years being <laughs> able to match up against him when he was with the Bears yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, look, the Lions, they were uh, – all expectations at least were that they were going to have one of the best run defenses in the NFL this fall, and that hasn't been the case through two games. Uh, they've been a little disappointing, frankly, in that, that regard, um, and it hasn't been the quarterbacks that have been killing them. It's just been the running backs averaging five yards a carry, you know, so it's something that – you know, the Lions need to get that straightened out a little bit, uh, whether it's Jordan Howard back there, whether it's the rookie, you know, how, whoever's carrying the ball. Like I said, the Lions' number one objective on offense is there on defense is to stop that run. And I think that's going to be especially the case this week with, with Deshaun Jackson and Elshon Jeffrey lock, likely out. How big has Danny Amendola been for Matthew Stafford to have that, you know, slot weapon and what he's able to do uh, for this offense? 
he didn't have a catch last week, you know, week one, he, I think he caught seven balls and led the team. And, you know, so, um, the lions are very game plan oriented in terms of who gets the targets and what they're trying to do. You know, Amendola is clearly this team's number three receiver. Kenny Galladay is the, you know, he's the guy, he's the, you know, he's, he's an ascending player. That's, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think Amendola sort of, you know, he is what he is at this point. Um, you know, the Lions are going to use a lot of two tight end sets just because that's the strength of their team. So, um, you know, I don't know that Amendola uh, will have a, you know, how big of a factor he'll play into the, uh, the game plan. But, you know, when he is in there, he is a, a sure-handed guy that can move the chains. Now, everybody knows Darius Slay in that secondary for the Lions. But uh, take me through the rest of this secondary and what the Eagles should expect from them, obviously, with Darius Slay being their shutdown guy. Uh, what should this Eagles offense expect from the rest of the secondary this Lions uh, defense puts out there? Yeah, Slay's the guy back there. You know, he had a rough week last week against Keenan Allen, but did come up with the uh, the interception at the end to seal it. Really a bad throw by Phillip Rivers, more than a great play. But, you know, they, uh, Slay was in really good coverage. And, you know, they'll, they'll travel him with top receivers. I don't know if they'll do that this week if – you know, if neither of those guys are playing ordinarily, maybe he'd be he'd be following Deshaun or somebody. Uh, Rashawn Melvin's on the other side, big body. You know, he's uh, I thought he's played pretty well these first two games. There is a little bit of a hit and miss element to him. Um, you know, he got beat for a couple plays, gave up a big pass play downfield to Mike Williams last year, uh, last week. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, he, he's got some length and he's made some some plays on the ball so far, some pass deflections. So. Uh, I think the Lions have been pleasantly surprised with what they've got out of that number two cornerback spot so far. You know, Justin Coleman is is sort of the nickel guy. Uh, you know, the I think the strength really of the secondary is in the back end. You know, guys that just don't get a lot of love. Quandre Diggs at, at safety. You know, he's sort of quietly developed into a really good safety here. Six-round pick a couple years ago that nobody, nobody really thought much about. And all of a sudden you look up and, you know, he's picking off passes and you know laying big hits and you know i, I think quandary is a really good underrated player tracy walkers or other starting safety who you know he's got some length to him young guy probably going to see him on zach Ertz a little bit this week um you know the lions they, they put him on larry fitzgerald some in week one you know he came up with a big tackle for loss in week two so sort of a jack of all trades back there young guy so he's got some you know I'm sure there's still some growing pains ahead but pretty talented guy and then this defensive front that includes, you know, veterans like Snacks Harrison, Trey Flowers, uh, Mike Daniels. What's kind of their strength? You know, is it you obviously talked about how a lot of people expected them to be good against the run, but uh, is there going to be a significant pass rush that you could see from this uh, Lions front going up against an older Jason Peters and then Lane Johnson, who is not 100 percent healthy? No, well, I mean, you know, they've been they've disappointed in the pass rush department so far. Trey Flowers, a big Fajian addition, has three tackles on the year. He did have a you know a hurry last week that forced an incompletion on third down. But the Lions, I don't know that they're a big sack team from their defensive line. You know, so far a lot of their sacks have come from their linebackers and different uh, you know blitzes, I guess that they use. You know, Devon Kennard had a couple in that that first game. Um, so you know, whether it's Mike Daniels, Trey Flowers, Damon Harrison. Romeo Aquara, you know, I think they have a lot of depth up front. Um, good run-stopping defensive line, but not a big, you know, sack-producing defensive line. Um, so, you know, that, that the lines will heat it up a little bit trying to trying to get after Wentz, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that uh, at least you know historically they haven't produced a lot of sacks out of that unit. They don't have a ten sack guy on that unit. Trey Flowers not even in college or the pros. So, uh, for all the money that they're paying up front. 
Uh, they just they don't produce a lot of sacks from those guys. And this season, early the Eagles pass rush hasn't gotten off to the greatest start. They've struggled to get to the quarterback, uh, whether it's Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and then obviously back-to-back weeks the Eagles have lost Fletcher Cox's running mate and Malik Jackson and then Timmy Jernigan. Um, this Lions offensive line, what do they do best in terms of protecting Matthew Stafford from guys that are rushing to get to the quarterback? Well, I think, you know, week one, what they did best was let those guys hit Matthew Stafford, unfortunately, for the Lions. You know, I mean, Taylor Decker had, I think he gave up two sacks and, you know, was called for four penalties in week one. And, you know, he, he sat out last week with a back injury. You know, Rick Wagner that week one, I think he gave up seven pressures, too. The Lions were much better last week against the, uh, the Chargers. Little, you know, uh, still a pretty good defensive front, but different way that they played. So, uh, you know, it, uh, we'll see. You know, Jim Schwartz, I'll, I'll say this, he's played against his old team two times, uh, 10 sacks. They've sacked Matthew Stafford 10 times in those games. So I think it's going to be a challenge for this Lions offensive line to, to block that Eagles defensive front. And obviously Matt Patricia has said that they are preparing for uh, this Eagles team as if everyone was playing. But, uh, you know, how much extra work has to go into studying some of these wide receivers that – not everybody is typically accustomed to seeing, including, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside being a, a rookie and uh, Mac Hollins, who didn't play at all last year due to injury. Uh, does that change kind of how you would see this defense kind of scheme the wide receivers that will be out there, including Nelson Aguilar, who's typically in the slot, uh, but will probably get moved to the outside? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Uh... You know, like I said, I think ordinarily Darius Slay would would probably travel with you know one of those guys, maybe Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if if any of those guys you know necessarily warrants him spending his entire day on now. So maybe he just he plays aside. But um, yeah, you know, I, I went back and looked after the or before the Super Bowl, I guess a couple years ago when when Patricia was the Patriots defensive coordinator and they faced that that offense. You know, he talked at that time about how how deep the Eagles were and how you have to be, you know, ready for every single person on their roster because of the the personnel groupings and the formations that Doug Peterson uses. So I think this, you know, they're probably preparing as they normally would, you know, maybe a little more attention to detail to some of those backup wide receivers because they're going to play. But I think that stuff would be pretty thoroughly covered anyway. And obviously, you know, Zach Ertz being the weapon that he is, Seems to be the only, you know, healthy tight end on this roster. Dallas Goddard nursing that calf injury, still not sure if he's going to play. Doug Peterson is calling him day-to-day, but uh, Jalen Mills was day-to-day last year for about six months. Uh, So we don't know exactly if Dallas Goddard will play, which means if he doesn't, Alex Ellis is our our third-string tight end. But um, when it comes to Zach Ertz, is is he priority number one for this defense to kind of shut down and take him away from Carson Wentz's, uh, you know, plan of attack completely i mean i think the lions definitely they have a healthy respect for him matt patricia talked about that a little bit today just how much he uh you know he respects urge the guy who catches everything you know you just don't see the numbers that he puts up from uh you know from the tight end position very often so uh there's no doubt that the lions will be completely in tune with where he is on the field and has jesse james been a a bit of a surprise for this team to pair with tj hawkinson knowing that he was coming from that Steelers offense where he did catch, you know, quite a few passes for them, but uh, he's going to be the tight end too, I'd say, by the end of this year. But uh, to pair him with Hawkinson in his rookie season, how big has Jesse James been to this offense and for Hawkinson? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Lions, they're, they're a two tight end offense primarily. So, uh, you know, I think everyone knew that Jesse James was going to be the, the co-starter, you know, um, 
he obviously can block a little bit, catch a few passes, hasn't had a lot of balls thrown his way yet. Uh, Hawkinson is really the, the receiving threat of that group. You know, Jesse James, I think the you know, he sort of is what he is at this point in his career. Solid player, not going to wow you. But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that the Lions have a nice little one-two punch at that tight end position. And going into Sunday's game, what should uh, Eagles fans kind of expect from this Lions team? Kind of been a mixed bag for them, like we said earlier. Uh, you know, tying the Arizona Cardinals and then going out and beating the Chargers last weekend. Uh, what should Eagles fans expect to see from this Lions team uh, as they come into Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know what Lions team is going to show up. I mean, that's you know part of the the issue with these Lions is. You know, you don't know what to expect in a on a given week or given quarter, I guess. But no, I, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, this is a team that wants to run the ball, that wants to control the the game and the tempo and the clock and and everything through its through its lines, both lines, you know, in the trenches. And and so, you know, if the Lions are able to do that, if they're able to keep Fletcher Cox away from the quarterback, if they're able to to uh, bottle up that that Eagles running game or get after Carson Wentz a little bit, I think that's when again you could see. You know, the Lions making this a game and, and maybe even sneaking out a win. But, uh, you know, I think the Eagles are, you know, it's a pretty deep team overall. And this Lions offense is, uh, you know, they've, they've had some issues. So I think protecting Matthew Stafford is, is going to be key. Uh, you know, they, they need to get that running game going. And that's something that, that hasn't been great so far through two weeks for the Lions. And we brought up Jordan Howard and the Eagles drafted Miles Sanders this year. Uh, they're trying to get him going. It just hasn't worked. Uh, definitely didn't work last week. He had a touchdown called back in week one on a really nice run. But uh, how do the Lions kind of, you know, attack a, a versatile running back like Miles Sanders who can run the ball and he's, you know, shifty enough to uh, catch passes out of the backfield and make some things work with his legs? Well, I'll be honest with you. I haven't asked anybody in the locker room about Miles Sanders yet, so I don't. I don't have a real good answer for you there. All I can tell you is that you know Austin Eckler, the guy they faced with the Chargers last week, you know he's doing it at a pretty high level in terms of both his, his rushing and receiving ability. Uh, you know, tr- uh, Tracy Walker mentioned him covering Larry Fitzgerald in Week One. You know, Walker saw a little bit of time on Eckler out of the backfield last week. Um, you know, again with Zach Ertz with a bigger tight end threat this week, I'm not sure that you can. You can just deploy a safety like that, uh, you know, on a running back this week. But um, it'll be a it'll be a team effort. But I, I think you'll see, you know, you, you might see a little bit of Walker if Jared Davis is back. You might see a little bit of that that linebacker, uh, you know, try and cover some some running back out of the backfield. So I think there's there's a lot of different things that the Lions can do. Should we expect to see you know more production from Marvin Jones? You know, he's been kind of quiet under the radar th- to start this season. Kenny Galladay, obviously gobbling up a bunch of targets along with TJ Hawkinson, but are the Lions trying to get Marvin Jones more involved? I don't think that's a big focal point. Again, they're a pretty, you know, game plan based team. I mean, Marv had a couple nice catches last week, but you know, Kenny Galladay is this team's number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, carry Johnson is probably the guy that's going to get, uh, you know, he's the focal point of defenses. I would imagine because, you know, he is the sort of the engine of this offense. They want to get him the ball, both running in and throwing it to him. You know, Hawkinson had the big game. So, you know, I think Marv is, is probably the, the third or fourth receiving threat on the, uh, or third or fourth offense threat, I should say, I guess, on this uh, this Lions offense. And, you know, for this game, uh, on this offense and this defense for the Lions, who would you kind of uh, label as the X factor that could be the uh, the determining factor and who wins this one for the Lions? Well, I think Hawkinson on offense, I mean, you know, again, he had a really big uh, week one, and, you know, the Lions out of that, that two tight end offense, they were – Matthew Stafford was 13 of 13 passing the ball for, you know, 190 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, or I think his number is week one. So when they had two tight ends on the field, they were very efficient. Uh, last week, not quite as much. Hawkinson, uh, you know, he only had the one catch. Uh, so he had, uh, he had, you know, it just the, the offense didn't look quite as good. It didn't operate as smoothly. So, you know, I think if the Lions can get that going in the middle of the field, sort of that, that intermediate passing threat, you know, this is a West Coast based offense too. So if they can if they can open that up a little bit, that helps the running game. That helps that helps everything. That helps Galladay and, and Marv get open deep. So I think T J Hawkinson is the guy on, on offense to watch and look on, on on defense, maybe some of it depends on, on who plays, but I think the Lions um, you know, they do need to get a little bit more of a pass rush. That's been a little non-existent so far. You know, Trey Flowers has a tough matchup there against Jason Peters, assuming Peters is out there. Uh, but, you know, this is one that, that you know, this is kind of why they brought Flowers in to win some of these matchups and to get after a, a quarterback who maybe doesn't have all of the, uh, you know, the, the receiving threats that he's used to. So if the Lions can heat it up and, and get some pressure on Wentz, you know, that's, uh, again, I think the recipe for victory. And then from what you've been able to see from this Eagles team, uh, who's that X factor from the Eagles that could give the Lions fits on Sunday afternoon and uh, potentially give them their first loss of the season? Yeah, I mean, again, it probably depends on who plays a little bit, right? Right. I mean, uh, we don't know who all is going to be out there. I mean, uh, you know, I think from a, a, a defensive standpoint, the Lions have had, again, some trouble protecting Matthew Stafford, and Jim Schwartz has done a good job in his two games against Matthew Stafford getting pressure on them. So, look, I think the Lions got to take care of that that defensive line. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, whoever's playing up front, um, you know, they need to, to make sure, whether it's Barnett or whoever, they, they just need to keep those guys off Matthew Stafford. So I think a lot of it is going to be on the Lions' offensive line to, to stop some of that Eagles pass rush. Dave, this game looks like it's going to be uh, set up to be quite interesting just based on, like we've been saying, who's going to be on the field, but uh, very much looking forward to it. Let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and all that good stuff and read everything that you put out for their, uh, the Detroit Free Press. Yeah, absolutely. Freep.com is our website. It's F-R-E-E-P.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dave Burkett. It's B-I-R-K-E-T-T. Uh, I'll be out in Philly this weekend, obviously. So, uh Feel free to, to check back in or, or ask me any questions on Twitter. I always, uh, always try to answer those. Absolutely. Appreciate you jumping on the show this week, Dave. And uh, hopefully uh, the Eagles can send Detroit packing with uh, their first loss of the season from our perspective. But looking forward to a, a very uh, competitive game on Sunday. Sounds good. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Dave. Looks like this game is going to come down to uh, the trenches. You know, Jim Schwartz knows how to play against the quarterback that he helped draft in Detroit. And uh, the Eagles offensive line just has to really shut down a struggling Detroit pass rush. And hopefully, you know, they get some production from these, uh, you know, backup wide receivers and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Nelson Aguilar moving uh, to the outside. And then Matt Collins, who looked really good against Atlanta. Hopefully he continues that success and uh, we'll see who plays opposite of Zach Ertz at the tight end position, whether it's Dallas Goddard or Alex Ellis. And if the Eagles can get that run game going, man, it's going to do a world of wonders for Carson Wentz and company on Sunday against this Lions team who comes in undefeated. So the Eagles looking to send them back to Detroit with their first loss of the season. Hopefully they can get that done. Uh, but as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And uh, very much looking forward to this game on Sunday, a bounce-back game for the Eagles, uh, and hopefully they come away with the win. But 
This has been episode three of the 2019 regular season of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm Kyle Bennett. Go Birds. We'll catch you guys next week. Short week, short turnaround as the Eagles get set for Thursday night football against the Green Bay Packers. But until then, we are signing off. Peace.